This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. As we know, the job market is changing rapidly, and in many cases, it won't be for the good of the workers. So in order to be an effective piece to the workforce in the future, what are the unique traits that you need to have? University of Virginia professor Edward Hess talks about this in his new book that he co-authored with cohort Catherine Ludwig. The book is Humility is the New Smart, Rethinking Human Excellence in the Smart Machine Age. And Edward joins us on the show right now. Edward, great to have you back. Thanks for uh, joining us again. Great to be here. Happy New Year. Thank you. You too as well. Uh, So explain the premise behind the new smart. We... We human beings are going to be in a frantic foot race with the smart machines, a foot race to stay relevant. And the things that we're going to have to do well, as you said, are those things which are uniquely human, our ability to create, innovate, and relate at the highest emotional levels with other humans. In order to do that, we have got to basically overcome our humanness. And that's the counterintuitive part of this, because in order to do the things well that technology is not going to be able to do well, in order to stay relevant, all right, we can't stay relevant by trying to outthink Watson. Watson can process, remember, recall much more information than us. What we've got to do is we've got to play to our strengths. The problem, Dan, is, is that we are not naturally good at high-level thinking, whether it's critical, innovative, or creative. And we're also, because of cultural and our evolutionary biology, the way our cultures, we're not really good at connecting and relating with others. And the book basically is a new story about how humans can thrive in the smart machine age, and it begins with new smart. New smart, if you will, is the mindset that we ask people to consider because that basically we're entering into a new game. A new game needs new rules. Right. Old smart won't work. And so the question I'm sure you're saying, okay, what in the heck is new smart? Right. Well, if you think of old smart, let's think about how you and I grew up, all right? From elementary school on, we were trained, okay, that to get high grades, high grades is what meant you were smart. Yep. And how do you get high grades? You don't make mistakes. Smart is basically I knew more things than you. I got more right answers. I remembered more things. Smart is a quantity, was a quantity concept. Well, that's a losing game. In the, yeah. <laughs> knowledge is basically has a short shelf life, and smart machines can remember and process more than us. So what is smart going to mean? Smart, basically, instead of getting my ego all wrapped up, if you will, in how much I know, new smart basically says, Define yourself as the quality of your thinking, listening, relating, and collaborating, the key behaviors that are necessary in order for you and me to think critically, innovatively, um, and to collaborate with others, all of which, all of which require other people. We will not flourish along with smart machines by ourselves. Right. It is going to be an otherness game. It is not going to be a competition game. It's going to be a collaboration game. So new smart is a new way of thinking. Define yourself, 
not by what I know or how much I know, but by the quality of my thinking, listening, relating, and collaborating. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And it has three, four other. It has four other principles, and you know we we can sure. I I can lay them out, or we'll go to the next question. Quick, quickly, go ahead and and lay those out, right. and we'll get to them. All right. I am not my ideas. I must decouple my beliefs, not my values, from my ego. My mental models are not reality. They're only my generalized stories of how the world works. I must be open-minded and treat my beliefs, not my values, as hypothesis to be constantly tested and subject to modification by better data, and my mistakes and failures are opportunities to learn. Those are the five new smart principles, the new way of thinking that we believe will help us humans complement, augment, thrive in the smart machine revolution. And, and so that where, that's where the, the, the other piece to the, the title of the book kind of fits in, in that people's level of humility needs to kind of be adjusted, correct? Correct. Correct. We've, we've, we've got to basically get around the concept of extreme individualism, social Darwinism, the big me, self-promote, uh, all-knowing, in order to be more open-minded, if you will, to be, to be able to listen better, to be able to collaborate better, to be willing to uh, stress test our beliefs, right. um, et cetera. And so humility, humility has gotten, you know, it's got a bad rap in our society. Let's be honest. You say humility to somebody and they look at you and say, are you crazy? Uh, I'm not going to be meek. I'm not going to be submissive. Uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the psychological or philosophical construct of humility, which is not being so self-absorbed, not being so emotionally defensive. Not, it's, it's being open-minded, self-accurate, uh, being able to be open to the world. It's sort of tamping down that me lens, not, look, not thinking in just a confirmation manner, not, you know, not listening to confirm. Being open to differences in other, that's what humility is, is it opens you up, if you will. It opens you up to the ability to deal more realistically with the world, with others, and to, if you will, it's, not, it's no longer who's right, it's what's accurate. You said in the intro uh, to the book when I was going through it that, that we're kind of on this this leading edge of a technology tsunami, yeah. which which I found interesting because for me personally, it already feels a little bit maybe not the level of tsunami, but we're in certainly an unbelievable storm right now with all the technology that's that's kind of you know been thrust upon us. From your opinion, we're just at the at the tipping point of this. Yes, we're we're from my opinion we're on the leading edge and you know as as artificial intelligence and nanotechnology and virtual reality uh continue uh, you know really smart robotics is all of this continues to advance and it's going to advance and and be very interrelated. Uh yes, I think it's going to be huge and you know the best research out there you know, when that's trying to predict what's coming. I mean, if, you know, over the next five to 15 years, the best research says that 
tens of millions of U.S. jobs are going to be automated, including lots of service jobs and lots of professional jobs. Yeah. The loss of jobs to China and Mexico in the last decades pales in comparison to what's coming. And we as a society are not ready for this, and we as individuals are not ready for this. And what our book focuses on is the individual aspect, but just as important is from a societal viewpoint, you know, we've, we're, this, I believe this is going to be as transformative for us as the Industrial Revolution was for our ancestors. Well, you... And, you mentioned that 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 this obviously part of this is an economic issue that that is going to have to be dealt with, but a lot of this involves basically scientific disciplines as well. Correct. Correct, and a lot of it is. I mean, it it really, if you if you think about it, success in business has has generally been thought to be the, if you will, the pro, the the areas of of economics and finance and strategy and uh, new players coming to the table and is going to have probably more chips or as many chips as those three together and that's called psychology because in order to excel in order for humans to excel in this environment we're going to have to take our cognitive and emotional ways of being to our highest levels right and that means, all right, we're going to have to do the hard work, the real hard personal work. Our biggest competition is not going to be – my biggest competition is not going to be you, not going to be you Dan. It's going to be me, yeah. all right? Yeah. I've got to overcome my reflexive ways of thinking. I've got to overcome my ego, my fears, my fight or, fight or flight responses. That is all basically going to bring the psychology, the science of learning – uh, the science of collective intelligence, emotional intelligence, into the business, into how businesses are organized, into the culture, into processes, how you and I, and it doesn't matter whether you're working in a big company or you're an entrepreneur, um, uh, independent contractor, a gigger or whatever, what humans are going to be needed to do all is all going to fit into similar types of of, if you will, classifications. Right. So this is, this is, yes, this is a big social issue, psychological issue. It's, it's going to call into question the American dream, what that means, the purpose of work, the future of work. Yeah, this is big. Edward Hess is our guest. He is a co-author of the book, Humility is the New Smart, Rethinking Human Excellence in the Smart Machine Age. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you cannot get to your phone, you can send us a, a note quickly via Twitter, either at bizradio, B-I-Z radio 111, or you can use my Twitter account, which is at danloney21. Uh you, I find it interesting that we are right now at a point where if you look at the jobs reports that, that come out and, and some of the reporting around it, uh, we're, the unemployment rate is low, uh, yet the participation rate is still near a record low. Yeah. And we seemingly, and it's been talked about a lot, that there is a skills mismatch out there. My yeah. question to you is, as we go along, is this, going, is this mismatch going to get worse or because the baby boomer generation, where some of this mismatch is happening, is going to be no longer in play, is that mismatch going to be pared down? Well, here, here's my guess. 
all right, and it's an educated guess. It's going to get worse uh, because our school systems, generally speaking, generally speaking, are don't teach the skills that kids, students need for the smart machine age. Right. You yep. think about it. Yep. We're back in the old model. All right. We're in the we're in the we're the industrial revolutionary model of how business is organized, how people are trained. Don't make mistakes, if you will. You know, try to be efficient machines. I mean, if think think about it. You know. How many kids out there in school are really being trained how to think critically? How many kids are being trained on social intelligence, emotional intelligence, how to make things, how to think creatively, how to work in teams versus how many people are basically um, being taught to remember facts in order to take tests uh, so they can basically score above certain grades? How are teachers being evaluated? So I, I think... And I think what's coming is going to hit us, let's just say, in the, you know, the next 5 to 15 years. I think as every year we're sending people out in the workforce who, generally speaking, are not prepared for what's coming. And when it hits, it's going to hit in huge, it's, it's, it's going to hit in huge numbers right. across, I mean, you know, the various professions and service jobs. And then, so you, then you got the, the challenge of how do we retool how do these people yeah. learn the new skills? And the, the thing to keep in mind, what's, what I believe is going to be different this time, Dan, than the Industrial Revolution. First of all, if you look at the history of the Industrial Revolution, it took in the United Kingdom 60 to 80 years for society to adapt. If you think about the world today, all right, we don't have 60 to 80 years. We can't put up with that much misery and stress, all right, globally or in this country. And what's also different this time around is you got to ask the question, will technology produce a new jobs that technology itself cannot do? And we're finally starting to have that conversation in, 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 the, in Silicon Valley, and some very bright technology people are now dealing with it and saying, you know, we're 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 not going to be able to produce as many jobs because technology yeah. is going to continually to advance and be able to take over more and more. I mean, you know, there as you well know. I mean, we're the 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 leading edge today out in in, in the the research and when everything is artificial emotional intelligence. I, I, I mean, would you know, I would mind boggling. I would also think that this is part of the reason why. And and I take this from personal experience with my kids right now in in the school that they go to. They introduced something that a lot of families are getting used to hearing now is called mindfulness. Yes, and it, so to a degree, we are starting that change in how we teach our kids and what we teach yes. them yes. now so that they can be ready for some of exactly what you're talking about in, in 10, 15 years. Mindfulness is very important, and you're exactly right. Uh, mindfulness is a start. But I suggest to you that uh, schools should be moving in, um, uh, you know, more towards project-based uh, experiences working in teams where uh, children are challenged and develop uh, what Carol Dweck calls a growth mindset. They learn iterative learning because when you when basically then I, I believe the number one job skill 
for the smart machine age is iterative learning. And because if, if you think about it, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be an innovator, yep. uh, you know, you're going to be a scientist, it's all iterative learning. And so you need an approach to life that you got the courage to go out in the unknown. you got a methodology to try things, okay? And you've built up – you have the – you built up the resilience yeah. of how to learn from mistakes and continually evolve. And we need to be giving those experiences as early as we can to our children. And some schools are starting to do this. There are schools out there, but it needs to be done on a, just, just if you will, on a, um, I'll use an industrial revolution, on a mass basis. Right, exactly. Edward Hess is our guest. The book that he has co-authored, Humility is the New Smart. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. So we've talked about workers, and obviously we've talked about how kids are, are going to potentially be affected by this in the, in the next several years. What about the current businesses themselves? And, and also, what about government and, and them having a better understanding of this shift that's going to happen? Yes. Businesses, uh, I mean, technology, especially artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is, um, you know, Jeff Bezos had a great statement earlier this year, and I'll paraphrase, it's, it's hard to overestimate the impact that artificial intelligence is going to have in our society. Uh, our technology is going to become integral or infused into every business function, every business area, all right? Organizations, whether they're businesses or whoever, they're going to be staffed, operated, and managed by some combination of smart robots, if you will, artificial intelligence systems and humans. Business excellence is going to require technology excellence and then this human excellence we've been talking about. I think that it's highly likely that, you know, there's two fundamental business models vis-a-vis -vis organic growth, right. uh, if you will, operational excellence and innovation. I believe operational excellence is going to basically be technology-enabled and commoditized, leaving innovation as the key strategic value creation differentiator. The fascinating thing to me is if you look at the environments and study organizations that are highly creative, highly innovative, etc., and you look at the research and the science, the environment under which people excel at creativity or innovation is a very humanistic, people-centric environment. Technology is going to dehumanize business by reducing human headcount, but the opposite side, it's going to require businesses, all organizations, to become more humanistic, more people-centric, yeah. more psychology-oriented, the power of emotions. The other thing I think that's going to be interesting is, is that if you think about it, if emotional intelligence and emotional and collective intelligence, teamwork, collaboration are all mission-critical skills for innovation, critical thinking, et cetera, the human part, okay, who, who generally speaking, the science says, who generally speaking uh, is able to do those activities very, very well, or generally speaking, women. Right. I think the smart machine age is going to propel more women into the C-suite. Huh. And, and I think the organization is going to become, if you will, teams and networks. Hierarchy is going to be gone. Uh, and I think it's going to take a new type of leader. And so government, all of this is going to impact government. And, and the, the issue 
there's several big issues. Is government going to be ahead of this or is going to be a slow follower? And the answer, the, that is going to be a, make a dramatic difference in governance, in uh, the ability of our society to adapt the whole issue of what happens economically, um, um, how people are engaged with government. Um, this is these. I mean, we're talking about a huge societal transformation, and if you think about it, there are not many places in our society, many educational institutions or governmental institutions that are actively having serious conversations about this, what I call Plan B. Wow, if we do have, you know, significant job displacement and etc. What, you know, what are we going to do? And, and I think that we need to be having at the highest levels of our government uh, um, discussions about how we as society, you know, are going to create the American Dream 2.0, how we're going to adapt to this and stay ahead of this or at least up with it because it is we don't want to be playing catch up. Well, I, I was actually going to ask you, and you kind of lead me into this a little bit, is that how do you think that, that this philosophy is going to change uh, like your job as a professor at, at, at a university? How do you think that it's going to change how you have to approach talking and dealing and teaching with the, that next generation? I think that, well, you know, it, it, one, it depends on your subject matter and your level, all right? right. But if you ask in, in, in uh, generalization, I think as you go to higher education, it's going to become more experiential, more learned by doing, uh, and that uh, teachers, if you will, are going to be more guides and mentors and coaches, and I think the whole aspects of how to think, how to listen, how to make, how to do, how to collaborate uh, is going to become integral. And, um, and so I think that, I think that uh, we're going to find project-based, more flexible ways of engaging with other people and uh, people different than ourselves. Uh, and I think virtual reality um, and tech, you know, clearly connectivity uh, being able to work in different countries, even though you're sitting in the same place you were sitting, uh, I think all that's got to come into the education system. You mentioned the emotional uh, learning that, that may have to happen. I guess to a degree we've seen that already with the way marketers are trying to uh, trying to reach and connect with consumers these days. So to a degree, they're already on the front lines of this. Yeah. Yes, and I think that the the emotional connection, uh, emotion, the one of the key behaviors that that we focus on in our book is otherness, since it is so important, uh, going to be so important uh, going forward, in no matter what you're doing is is we we're going to need others all right and it's um, we're going to we're going to be looking more towards community collaboration yeah. etc and so this otherness how do you connect how do you relate uh how do you build trust uh there's science behind all of this and that science has got to come into the education system great to catch up with you again edward i appreciate your Thank time you. all the best to you 
Same to you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. The book, again, is Humility is the New Smart, Rethinking Human Excellence in the Smart Machine Age. Edward Hess, along with Catherine Ludwig uh, for the uh, University of Virginia, putting that book together. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.